You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, happy Tuesday and welcome to Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Max, and right next to me, I got Drake. Buddy, how we doing? We're doing good, man. Doing good. You know, it's a beautiful Monday night. I just got back from the gym. I just crushed some, you know, some shrimp and, shrimp, yeah, shrimp and potatoes. Sorry, folks. I'm a little, whew, my pre-workout's starting to come down a little bit. I am hyped. I am ready to go. Let's talk some FSU sports. I do not know how you do, do the pre-workout at night. I like, I, I can do pre-workout if I'm working out in the afternoon, but once it's past like five or six o'clock, can't do the pre-workout. I also, I also don't do that great with it in the mornings because it, it kind of makes it hard to eat breakfast because I get so so jittery i don't know i'm not i'm just not a big pre-workout see guy. i'm like i work out in the morning like i wake up at like 5 30 i go to the gym at six o'clock or go to orange theory and then i come back from work and i do the pre-workout like i probably on my way back from work go straight to the gym but also because like law school has made me this is really bad folks do not follow this at all it's made me very what's the word looking for tolerant of caffeine highly so, tolerant yeah highly yeah. tolerant so like yeah. basically for me like i'm gonna i am gonna crash in about an hour and a half anyway so that doesn't really affect me as bad Oh, I'm jealous, dude. I am. Yeah, I'm exhausted from the weekend. I was in uh, Tallahassee this weekend back in the promised land. I was up there. Let's see. Friday, Saturday and Sunday played Killarn Friday. Played uh, what I play Killarn Friday. I played Seminole Saturday. Bought a Lululemon amount of merch on Saturday. Got way, got way too merch happy. Shouldn't have. I mean, I'm not mad about it. Like I got two new polos, two new hats. I got a little. Well, you can kind of see it in the background, or maybe I don't have it hung up yet. I got a Seminole Legacy golf course flag. Well, there you go. Uh, went nuts with the merch. We went wild with the merch. But other than that, it was good, man. I had, um, I don't know, I had some had some pretty good scores. Went pretty low, uh, at least for my handicap, which was great. And, you know, on top of that, we had two Florida State guys finish in the top 10 of the Open. I told you all last week in the betonline.ag line of the day or line of the week whenever we did it, I told you all, I said Morikawa. I said Speeth, and I said Brooks Kepka, and I even, you know, it's funny, John, uh, John, Dave, as much as it hurt him to say it, said John Rom, and I actually said I didn't think it was going to be Rom, and Rom got in there. So between the two of us, we called uh, three of the top five between Speeth, Morikawa, and Rom, and then Kepka finished it tied for sixth, which, you know, look, he was one stroke back of fifth, not the end of the world, and then right there at seven under, we had. Daniel Berger finishing tied for eighth. So just a phenomenal showing from, from the guys down in, uh, down in Tallahassee, headed over, headed over to England, man, Morikawa, that guy, I told y'all, man, that guy, he was built to win this tournament. He hits a lot of fairways and what he can do with his irons is, is just special. It is, it is incredible to watch him play an iron. And over there, it's almost like lawn darts. It looks like you you have so many straight shots on camera. And what you don't realize is the way they screw with you in Lynx golf, they have a lot of undulation in the fairway. So the ball is very frequently either above your feet or below your feet. And there's always wind. You're always dealing with wind from some direction. It usually doesn't even make any sense. The wind kind of sometimes will be kind of at your back on the, on the fairway, sort of swirling at the flag. So you really can never hit the ball straight because, you know, as, as y'all who are into golf probably know, uh, the best way to explain it, Drake, is it's like a, 
pretend like the grass is a pane of glass and then think of which way water would run off of it if you were to pour on there and that's what it's going to do to the ball so like if the ball's above your feet and it's slanted so you know on the hill so the water in this if you imagine it would run towards your feet that means when you hit the ball it's going to go left so you have to keep your club face a little open to account for that to send it a little right um that way you end up with a straight ball until you're out there and you add in 25 miles an hour wind going going left to right so you can't really leave can't really hit it to the right otherwise the wind's going to catch it so then you have to think of how to aim way left and but put a draw in to hold up against the wind anyway you have to be on the fairway because that rough's ridiculous and then yeah you gotta you gotta be able to hit your irons in all kinds of crazy directions and that is the I mean, that is the base of his game. So good to see him get that win. Second major. He's been on tour two years. He's already got the PGA, and now he's got the Open, which is just crazy. But we're not here to talk about golf, especially not people from, from the Cal Bears. We are here to talk about Florida State football because we are less than two months away. I think we're actually five, six weeks away. We are 49 days away as of this recording. All right. So we're right at seven weeks, right? Seven times seven is 49. You are cool and you were fine, my guy. Let's do it. So we got seven weeks and that makes me think of the number seven, which coincidentally is how many you get for a touchdown plus an extra point in the game of football. So Drake, let me ask you this. I'm going to put you on the spot. Gave you no prep on this. Who do you think non-quarterback gets the most seven-point plays on our team this year? Seven-point plays? Or touchdowns, you know what I mean? I mean, they, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I mean, our kickers are bad, so maybe they have to go kick it themselves, too. <laughs> That's just uh, how we're going to do it this year. Just whoever scores a touchdown, they get to kick the extra point, because why not? But who, uh, who do you think puts the ball in the end zone the most uh, non-quarterback? So, judging by the offense that Mike Norvell ran, before he got here, you have to lean a little bit more with the running backs because you saw Cam Gainwell, you saw Antonio Gibson the year before. Like they, they were the primary, they were the, they were the, what's what I'm looking for? They were the primary ball handlers on the team. So I'm going to lean with the running back and I'm probably honestly going to go with someone like a Jason Corbin. And so that's someone that we saw that took a lot of, you know, third red zone stops. So he also, had, you have the wildcat formation that he runs a lot with. And to me, that's someone that typically is going to have the ball in his hands. He also, we saw him throw the ball pretty well. And maybe sneakily, you might see someone like a DJ Williams because he's so big and thick, just as a bowling ball with a third and goal kind of situation. But my money is on Jason Corbin. Damn, I'm kind of bummed you said that because that's who I was going to say. And that's now why I said the, it. Now we have the same <laughs> answer. No, I, I think Corbin's going to be your number one touchdown scorer this year because to, when I think of someone that's going to score – a lot of touchdowns it's someone that i think can regularly score between 10 and 25 yards i think your red zone guy is reliable or your your deep deep red zone guy your your seven eight yard guy is reliable but you don't end up there quite as often uh, if you just look at field position stats it's not as just not as common so i think that that kind of takes out um the dj williams because i do think he's more of that true red zone guy I think when you're 12 to 15 yards out, Jay Sean Corbin will see the ball a lot. He's got the size to break through a condensed front seven. So if they're really cheating seven or even eight to the box, he, he can get through that. But he's also got the speed to outrun somebody, get the corner and get those 12, 15 yard touchdowns. 
his hands are okay. If you look at him from last year, I believe, you know, he had 19 receptions for 115 yards. That's so put it in perspective, folks, remember because of COVID, uh, when you look at passing, Jordan Travis only had a thousand passing yards. So it's not with, we had 1,700 passing yards as a team. So uh, those stats are a little condensed. So for a running back to have 10% of your total receiving yards, just to, again, put that in perspective, I think, I think, James, I think Frenchie had a 4,000 yard year, right? Is um, may, maybe he close, was, he was to, close, it. Right? He was close so, to it. Yeah. I don't think he had it. Maybe he was like very close to it, even though the orange bowl game, he had what 250 yards, but only like what nine completions for like 20, well, right. like 22, <laughs> out of 22 attempts, <laughs> something like that was insane. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I totally, I totally forgot about that. That was one of the most wonky stat games I've ever seen. But anyway, it was him, his receiving last year would be the equivalent of a quarterback having three or 400 yards in a normal season. And um, yeah, so I, I look for him to probably have the most touchdowns on the team. Now, let me ask this uh, defensively. Who do you think gives up the most touchdowns at the defensive? Uh, I almost said defensive end. Who do you think gives up the most touchdowns at the defensive back position? Who do you think's Ooh. name we're really going to hate saying? Oh, and that's you never want to prey on someone's downfall or pray for someone to do poorly, but that's the name of the game here. And that's defensive back. Um, oh, that's really hard. It's not going to be Jerry and Jones. I actually see him having a huge, huge step up this year. Honestly, and I hate to say this, even though he did lead the entire country in interceptions two years ago, I might have to go with Miko Dotson. And I'm only saying that because he did have the hip surgery last year. And you never know with, with a DB. That's, that, that's mainly how you were able to locate the ball and locate the wide receiver. And, like, we don't know how he's going to be coming back. And – if he plays that like sort of nickel role or maybe the third down role, he might. I would target him all the time because Bain's the guy we don't know what he's going to be. It's and that would be my number one pick, maybe number two, just because he hasn't been able. He's been burned a lot. Akeem Dent, which we would love for him to be that five star that we saw coming out because he probably to me was like, okay, we have Jalen Ramsey, you know, light coming into coming to the fold. We haven't we just haven't seen it yet because of high ankle sprains and also with the changing of defensive uh, schemes. So. But for me, I'm going to go with Miko Dotson probably, which I hope not. But yeah, I don't know why I asked that. I, you know, we just we always we always got to kind of come after someone because there's always that defensive back. And I think for me, who it's going to be is Travis J. And here's why. I think you'll like this line of log logic, too. I think Travis J's hitting is going to be good enough to keep him on the field very frequently. But I don't think the coverage is quite there. So when I it's kind of a weird question because you got to think a level deeper, right? Like. You can't just think, oh, who can't cover that great? You got to think who has attributes that will put them on the field very frequently, but then maybe they're not so great in the one-on-one -on -one coverage. That's who I'm thinking of with Travis J is, especially if we're running that 4-2-5, you'll see him on the field a lot. And he's probably someone that a fast outside receiver can pick on, but that also would lead me to believe, that would also lead me to believe that our defensive ends and defensive tackles aren't getting home so that the wide receivers are able to go downfield that far back to get into the safeties position which lord help us i do, i don't think that's going to happen but let's just pray that you know both of us we're not rooting for this but like this is please no no no, no. Let's we're, just, just, let's just we're, just, we're, we're just playing worst case oh, scenario no, we, we got to do worst case scenario no it's as no, fans we need to do that. that we need we need to prepare for what might happen cuz Adam Fuller is still a defensive coordinator so So I know what your answer is going to be on this, Drake, but we are going to the betonline.ag line of the day. Folks, if you haven't made an account yet, please, betonline.ag, promo code locked on. 
I don't get anything from it. You get some money though. If y'all had bet, by the way, if you'd bet the 10 players that Jabe and I told you in the top five to finish in the top five of the U S open or British open, I'm sorry. I think Morikawa, when I told y'all to get him was an eight to one to get in the top five. I think he was a 14 to one to win it. So you could have bet both of those and made a ton of money. Spieth was at like four to one. You would have gotten some money there. John Rahm, had you listened, he was only at like 185 or 1.85 to one and whatever. So you wouldn't have won a ton of money. I'm sorry, Brooks, I would have let you down, but Drake, help me out. He was four and a half to one to place in the top five and he placed six. So that's still a pretty good call in my opinion. Like you're talking one putt difference and you know. Yeah, I actually... There's nothing else on TV. So I actually watched a little bit of the thing. I'm still was bored out of mind. And also, folks, they have jets. They have commercials for private jet companies. And I was like, I immediately changed it. But I did see that he wasn't fifth until I want to say Dylan Fratelli's last hole where he did hit a birdie and then finished up minus, un, was it not minus, yeah, minus nine, nine under. So that actually was a really good play, but you just had a really bad beat. So that actually wasn't bad logic by you. Yeah. And look, man, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that. Look, he knows how to close. I mean, he just does. He came in, he goes five under in the fourth round to go eight under total. So he was not looking good going into the last day, and he smokes it at five under. He might have had the best. Yeah, he had the best uh, The best final round of any golfer on the course. He's Mr. Sunday. And all the way down, it tied for 33rd. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, only two over on the tournament, though, because he's not as good at golf as anyone else. And, yeah, he blamed his drive. Did you at least see that, Drake? Did you see the driver blaming stuff, which was hilarious? Oh yeah, yeah. Like, like, folks, yeah. when I when I don't, well, I don't watch golf, but I love great reality trash TV and drama. I live for that. I breathe that. I'm a big Bravo guy. Ask Max. I think Max was the one of the people that actually got me into it. Also, also my roommate. Shout out, Cage. Oh, yeah. I listening. Um, yeah, I actually saw that, and I actually heard the response from his um his what was it called Cobra, the company that sponsors him and everything yeah, else. Well, that was, was a it, it, that was it, even it, better. It was the equipment salesman that actually caddied for him last week after he fired his caddy the morning of the tournament, basically fired back. And I love the tweet. And then we'll go to the betonline.ag line of the day. So in golf, there's all this talk about equipment and the USGA, the United States Golf Association, who puts out all these rules, are looking at, hey, is this equipment too good? Like, why are they hitting the ball so far? Why are they hitting it so straight? Should there be rules about this? So he basically tweets out, I believe it was Justin Thomas. He's like, so uh, basically you're saying that your driver should go straight when you miss the center of the face. That's like a super quick way to get the USGA to start looking at equipment. Like just what a ridiculous standard. Oh, it's my driver's fault because when I miss hit it, it doesn't go straight. It's like, that's the point, Bryson. You're supposed to hit it on the center of the face. It's not supposed to go straight when you don't. Anyway, we can move on. He's a He's a moron. So anyway, bet online, guys, we know what we're doing. BetOnline.ag line of the day. We've really been crushing these regular season win totals. And Drake, you talk about this team a little bit on Locked On ACC, but I want to give you the, I want to let you break it down for the folks of why you're going to pick what you're going to pick. I think this is a huge value. Right now, the Clemson regular season, so no playoffs, no conference championship, their win total is set at over under 11 and a half wins, which means they lose one game only saying they're going to go perfect. Yeah. Well, it's 11 and a half. So oh, sorry, 11 and a half. they sorry, lose right. one, they're at 11. Yeah. So betonline.ag, the books in Vegas are 
basically asking you to bet on if Clemson goes perfect during the regular season. I mean, that's that that might bust week one. Yeah, I'm not taking that. I would slam that immediately right now. Like, put your entire mortgage on it. I'm joking, folks. Don't do that. They'll be responsible with your money. But seriously, like, they played Georgia week one. They One, they had the better quarterback in JT Daniels. Two, while Georgia lost a lot on defense, Clemson lost a lot everywhere. Everywhere. Especially on defense, especially with Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. They only have one good wide receiver in Justin Ross. Georgia is probably going to beat them by 10 points because Clemson may be the best in the ACC. But this is the first litmus test for them, for them super early in the year against Georgia, who is like, while they're not the cream of the SEC, they're still perennially a top 10 team every single year, regardless of how you feel about Kirby Smart. So to me, that's they're gonna, it's going to bust right there. And also, like, that's just one loss. I'm I am never going to bet a team to go perfect if they play an out, like a strong out of conference schedule. Like Georgia as out of conference is insane to me. That's just super difficult. So, folks, take the under an 11 and a half. And cash is week one. Thank me later. Y'all heard it here first. Bet the under for the betonline.ag line of the day and go sign up on an account using promo code locked on. And we're going to beat them too, folks. So, so I'm a little tired and I could use some energy brought to me. Who do you think is going to be a big energy guy in the locker room? And I don't mean, I don't mean fake energy. I don't mean the guy that likes to dance a lot. You know, like who do you think is really the guy that when we've had a, a rough first half is is going to be getting the team legitimately ready to go going out onto the field for the second half to come back or to keep a narrow lead to me i think so it's really funny because i think it's I'm, i look more towards like the transfers for that um and it's not it's nothing not knock on the people the, the original roster we had last year but i feel like they're bringing sort of different sort of like they've won a lot more games away for being honest the past three years uh, to me, an energy guy. I honestly, if you, if I'm looking at the roster page right now online, and I look at Jamie, J, uh, Jamie Robinson as probably the big energy guy. One, he's a DB, so you know DBs. One of the big things about them is that they, they don't stop talking. Their, they, their mouthpiece is never in their mouth. They're always just yapping, but they're also trying to hype up the team. And you can just see that he probably, he definitely brings the energy, you know, to the program. Probably, you know, like psychs everyone up with that. And he's going to be safety back there. He's going to be probably. What's the word looking for? The the captain of the defense when when you're trying to get everyone yeah, yeah. to line up and everything else. Because I, I originally was about to go with Jermaine Johnson, but from what I'm hearing, the man he'll is, play you know, kind of like a he'll play kind of like a Mike position basically, where he's sort of well, I guess you don't really play Mike from safety. It's more of a linebacker, but yeah, but but like but the thing is though with our linebackers they're young, so you need mm-hmm. someone to kind of like show them the ropes with that. And that's South Carolina with the game cops, him and J.C. Horn, the kid that got drafted by the Panthers, were kind of those people that they they arranged the chess pieces for that. For for Jermaine Johnson, I I thought that would be one, but honestly, from I think he's going to be one of those people that you know, like it stokes up his line, like he that's his crew. But to me, yeah. Jamie is someone that definitely will be infectious across the entire locker room. Even though we have seen the Instagrams with Mackenzie Mill, you know, dapping up, having a good time, having fun. But if you want to have energy on the field during the game, I'm definitely going Jamie Robinson. Yeah, so my two I've seen that I think are really going to bring the energy. I think one is going to bring Booby Miles energy, and that's going to be Bam Moore. I think he's got that just kind of cocky, like arrogant, hyped energy that people respond to. And I think Dylan Gibbons brings preacher man energy. You know, like uh, what's his name? Christian preacher man from 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 Friday Night Lights. I tried to keep him on the same team. That's sort of like sort of quiet. But like, I feel like if he needs to break his foot off in someone's ass, he will. See, and I think when that's he the does, opposite. People are going to listen to him. I think that's the opposite, actually. You I think, think so? I, th- I think Bam, 
Bam, apparently he's just like, he's like, apparently has that Telvin Smith mentality kind of in okay. practice where he's kind of an asshole. Is it, that's, could, that's, that's the word coming around. Like he's, he's kind of like, and he comes from like a really winning culture too. Well, that's what I mean. UCF. Yeah. Bo- Booby wasn't nice to anyone. That's what I'm talking about. That sort of arrogance. See, like, yo boys, we're not losing. Like, come on. Oh, see, see, to me, this I, I've never watched the show. I only watched the movie and the movie Booby to me is like, you know, cocky. Like, oh, yo, I'm going to all his scholarships. I'm going to all, I got all his offers. You know, I'm going to be going out there. I'm going to bring my boys with me. Like, you know, having a good time. Like to me, Bam is very just like, Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe like, I'm conflating that. it a little. You know, I I probably could conflate him a bit with uh with, with Smash Williams in the show. Yeah, because that's that's more what I think of. Right, okay. he's going to go out there and he's gonna he's gonna he, like kind of like a Jalen Ramsey where he's gonna take care of business, but he's gonna jaw like he's gonna motivate the people around him by talking mm-hmm. shit to everyone else and by basically just having sort of that standard of hey, I'm not losing five games this year. Okay, like, yeah, okay, yeah. That that me and you agree you know, on that. Though. And I think yeah. and I think Dylan Gibbons is probably the guy who you really don't want to be near during a weightlifting session because i imagine he's just intense um he just he just comes off as that guy that if you if you half rep or you know everyone had that one kid in high school they just hated because of that where it's like you do a half rep or you're supposed to do six and you try to cheat and do five they he doesn't even need to tell the coach about it because he's going to give you an earful about it and you know i mean we we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the gofundme he started for timmy who is a friend of his that he's close with that just had I think yet another surgery up in South Bend. This this young man has unfortunately been through quite a bit medically, and he's had dozens of surgeries. He just had another one to adjust his spine angle. Apparently, he's recovering well. He had some pneumonia, but that's it wasn't. Um, I guess all pneumonia is pneumonia, but it wasn't like a huge surprise or any. You know, it's just something he's going through with the recovery. I think they've raised close to fifty thousand dollars at this point. Forty five, fifty thousand dollars. They basically are going to give this kid the the full treatment. He's going to come down. He's going to get to see all the locker rooms and stuff. I know Dylan is setting up that. And that's just, I mean, dude, day one, it, it's one thing to help people. I think a lot of people help people for various reasons, some some altruistic, some not as much. But, you know, when you have your first chance ever as, as a college student to use your name to earn money, and, and that's what you choose to use it on, I think that says a lot about the person, I think. It's just it's just pretty cool to know we've got a guy like that on the team, and I'm I'm excited to see big things from him. So he's my pick for the energy guy, and Bam Moore is my pick for the energy guy on the defense. Now guys, if you need some energy in your car, and it's like you know it's just not doing it for you, it's rattling, it's doing this, it's doing that, it's doing the other. Well, you know where you got to go. You got to go to RockAuto.com. You got to well first you got to diagnose it right, and then you got to figure out what parts you need, and that can be the tricky part. Finding the right parts, you might have to go store to store. You might go to some different website that you're not really sure if it's the right part. RockAuto.com has an amazing interface. It's super easy to navigate and just like, you got it. So go there, check it out, tell it your make, model, year, what's going on with the car. Boom, you'll have the right part to you before you know it. You'll get it at a great price and you can fix your car right then. You can thank me later. All right, so we know that this week we've got ACC Media Days. Unfortunately, we will not be able to attend due to our day jobs. But Candace Cooper from Locked On ACC will be there, which is exciting. And it's just kind of got got me thinking about, you know, how cool it is that this is really the first time we're going to see this team on display, if you will. You know, to me, Media Day is a lot like, when you're at a horse race and they they parade them all down the track to go to the stalls it's 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 just hey here's who here's who it is who are your best players but i found it really interesting and and drake i want your opinion on this what do you make of them sending 
both quarterbacks. I think they're sending both quarterbacks to kind of give the perception that there still is a quarterback battle going between the two, kind of keep Notre Dame guessing a little bit. But me personally, I think that – I also think it's doing that because I think Mackenzie Milton is – was literally brought in to teach Jordan Travis how to probably be not only be great on the field, but also off the field as well when it comes to like media appearance stuff like that. Cause I think he's being trained as like the heir apparent once Mackenzie Milton is gone. And I've always said that the big, to me, Mackenzie Milton's value isn't maybe going to be for this season, particularly. I think it's literally going to be to help guy Jordan Travis. We, you and I are of the agreement that Jordan Travis can be something special in this league right now with his legs. And if, if he is able to get the same, his arm accuracy with intermediate and deep throws also with a little bit more power. I think Mackenzie Mill is someone that's going to be able to guide them to that. And then that's to me is preparing Jordan Travis for the next step. So that's why I think they're doing it both ways. So maybe just to prep him for, for next year as well too. So. Yeah. And I want to say this because y'all know I am the resident Jordan Travis defender there. How do I put this? Jordan Travis is very, very good at running the football. I mean, very, very, very good. The, the 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 narrative on him is that he leaves a little bit to be desired or he leaves a lot to be desired with his arm his arm isn't as far behind as people make it out to be his stats from last year he was 72 for 131 that's a 55 percent completion rating where you really hated to see it was the six tds to six picks uh you know okay it's kind of tough when you run the ball the way that he does. So even, even in a year where we thought he had a phenomenal year, you know, D'Angelo Francois was 58%. Now, now I know you're going to say, well, a, a knock on him was his accuracy, and, and that's 100% right. But that was still considered good enough to get us to a 10-win season, good enough to go to an Orange Bowl with, frankly, not a great defense. So if, if you can have, a, what is that, a 10% improvement by Jordan Travis, then you're at a 60% completion rating. And if you're throwing 60% with those legs, that that's a he could have a hell of a year. So I think that's absolutely right that Milton has very much been given the directive to not only perform, but get whether it's whether it's Travis or whether it's Purdy to get the next guy ready. And to me, I actually make two things differently of them sending both quarterbacks. I think one, we always go back to Mike Norvell knows how he's being scouted, and you kind of mentioned it, but I, I do think it is a head game. Like, I think he's really playing up this whole who's the quarterback going to be because you're you're talking about preparing for concrete versus preparing for uh, granite. I mean, sure, you could make a kitchen cabinet out of either one, but they're very, very different materials, right? So if you're trying to scout Florida State's team and you don't know which one of those guys is playing quarterback, well, that's pretty hard to do. Like, you got to have basically – two entirely separate game plans because one if jordan travis is playing you better have a quarterback spy on him which means you're putting in a defensive back and linebacker like a back you know what is that like a like a back seven game plan all week that if mckenzie milton walks out there well then you better have some good coverage guys out there because if you're trying to play with the personnel you'd use to cover jordan travis he's going to just carve you the f up like a thanksgiving ham mm -hmm. so yep. because no one had i don't think anyone on the entire roster or maybe only person in the entire conference that in my first man has the best in anticipation other than mackenzie milton is probably sam howell and yeah that's the it, big thing that we saw with his which is how i take back over at ucf the man knows how to read defense and put the ball where he wants it to be and where it's going to needs to be for a receiver to make the best play possible but the problem is with these two you're not talking about the difference between 
Drew Weatherford and Chris Ricks, where Ricks could kind of run. I mean, Ricks was, you know, a scrambler for all intents and purposes. It, Weatherford was okay, but not really. You know, you look at those are just the first two quarterbacks that popped in my mind. You can't really cheat into just planning for Milton because if you don't have a game plan for Jordan Travis's legs, you are going to look foolish. Like it's not just going to be, well, okay, we can slow. And conversely, if your game plan is totally predicated on stopping Jordan Travis's legs, you're going to look ridiculous when McKenzie starts throwing those eight to 14 yard intermediate passes. So I think what Norvell is doing is really smart. I also think there probably is a certain level of camaraderie with these two. I don't think it's all just like a, like a dog and pony show. I think they actually seem to get along. They look like they, like, they legitimately like, like each other, like from Instagram and social media, right? Like you see them with at the camps, like actually coaching together. Like you can tell that they actually genuinely do, you know. Yeah, no, I think they do. And I think then finally you got what Jermaine Johnson. So we've got three transfers going, which is, well, it tells you what Norvell thinks about the culture in the locker room. He said, uh, he basically, you know, he's decided I'm going to send my best culture guys. I'm going to send my leaders. And if it's three transfers, it's, well, it's three transfers, and I don't hate that at all. And also, I think sending Jordan Travis also shows how they really, as much as, you know, I like Joe Purdy, I think his ceiling is very high, especially with his arm. I think it definitely shows you how much this coaching staff, you know, we've been hearing rumors that Dillingham is absolutely infatuated with what he can do with Jordan Travis. And I think oh, yeah. with him actually going up there, shows you that he is 100% the quarterback for next year. It's not even a question. So I, I did look, though. Jordan Travis, by the way, was 61% his senior year in high school. So I know that's high school. Give me a break. But he was 24 touchdowns to seven picks. So he can throw the ball. It's not like he's stuck at 55%. If he can get himself to 60%, he has a chance. This is a, maybe an elite lie, but in my mind, I believe every second of it. If his passing gets over 60% next year and he doesn't lose a step with his legs, he's a Heisman contender. Because if you could do what he can do on the ground, and if he can get, he's got to get a two to one ratio. He's got to get a two to one touchdown to pick ratio. But if he can throw for like 35, 3,700 yards at like a 62% completion, which I know is a step up, that's definitely, you know, but it's, it's a, it's like a 12 or 13% improvement from that's last a, year. That's a, that's a kind of a big jump though, isn't it? It is, it is. It is. That's what and I'm that, saying. If it, and that's why I'm know, saying like that, not this year, but that's definitely going to be probably I'm, ta- maybe I'm for talking next about year. for oh, next year. Okay, that's okay, what I'm okay, saying. Okay. okay. If you can get him up a 12 to 13% jump from last year, right? So you're you're having him improve at 6% a year. One of those, he gets to be under Milton. Well, then he's going to be putting up Heisman Trophy numbers if his legs stay healthy and he runs like he did. And, and that would be super exciting. So I think that you would be extremely foolish to let him get away and, and not have him as your QB1 for next year. I think Chubba Purdy, I don't know, man. I know it's early, but I, I've seen enough of Chubba. I don't really – It's been I don't, one. It's been one year, man. You can't really – you can't knock a freshman quarterback. I'm not knocking 18, him. No, I, you kind of are. No, no, no. What I was going to say, let me finish. I, I've seen enough of Chubba that he's not that like – he just isn't that like freshman phenom. Like I think he'll be a good junior or a good senior. Like he isn't like – he doesn't – to me, he doesn't jump off the field like, oh, my gosh, we got to start this kid. He's really good. But I don't. I don't know. I just don't see him as like – Oh, we better start him or he'll transfer. Like I could, I could easily see him. Honestly, with- if that was the case, if he really, re- I think that honestly, because he was, remember he was in Arizona for what three to four months after this, uh, after like this that. thing, yeah. something like that. If he, yeah. if he really wanted to transfer, he would have transferred by now with Mackenzie Millen coming in, with Duffy committing, with also with Jordan Travis kind of seemingly being started next year. Like he's not going, he's not going anywhere. I like quote me on that, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I really don't give a shit, but like I don't think he's going anywhere. 
No, I, I, I love the way the quarterback room looks because to me, it's, it's a no brainer. Jordan Travis is your starter next year. And then you have a legitimate fight between AJ Duffy and Chubba Purdy. You probably see Rodemaker transfer, but if those quarterbacks are competing for the starting job in 2023, that is a night and day reversal from where that quarterback room was in 2019. And frankly, I know I'm singing Jordan Travis praises on one point, but we're talking about the room as a whole. That's a night and day transition from where the room was in 2020. So in three years, you're going from, hopefully we can find someone that can throw the ball with, you know, when James Blackman inevitably becomes a head case and melts down to having three, four stars competing for your starting job, all going into either their sophomore or junior years. I don't know. That gets me excited. I know it's way down the road. We'll all be older and, you know, who knows what's going to happen between now and then, but boy, uh, that's, I don't know. That's exciting. So we talked quarterbacks. We talked who's going to get the most touchdowns. We talked who's probably going to let the most touchdowns in Drake loves the BetOnline.ag line of the day bet Clemson under 11 and a half wins, meaning they will lose at least one, possibly more games and make sure y'all tune in tomorrow. It's Wednesday. It's hump day. And Drake tell them we always bring the energy on hump day, right? It's our biggest day. Oh, you know, we bring the energy on hump day. Oh, we bring the energy on hump day. Oh, you so, know folks, it. We're going to let you get out of here. Thanks for listening. Make sure y'all leave us a five-star review. We love it. It helps us a lot. It really does. So just take a few seconds, go in there, hit us with a five-star review. Make sure you follow, make sure you like, share, subscribe, whatever your platform does. I'm Max. That was Drake. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Columbus is not winning the ACC, folks. Take care, everybody.